isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Deep woods hikers and campers, what is the strangest or scariest situation you've ever come across? My family used to go camping with a few groups of friends when I was a kid, and I remember one Christmas when I were about five, We were camping out in the bush. There were nine kids in total at our campsite, and we were allowed to wander through the bush because the parents would give us a walkie-talkie and tell us to come back to camp, and we never really wandered that far. Anyways, out of nowhere, an unfamiliar voice came over the walkie-talkie. It was a man's voice, and he said that he was Santa, and he was trying to find us and give us our presents and asked us to look for him. We all ran back to the campsite, excited that Santa had talked to us. The walkie-talkie was taken away, and we weren't allowed to go anywhere for the rest of the trip. We were pretty devastated at the time, but I understand the seriousness and creepiness of it now, looking back as an adult. Yeah, if there's one person I definitely don't want to meet, it's the dude that's pretending to be Santa Claus on the walkie-talkie out in the bush of Australia. I think your parents did a fantastic thing by not letting you guys wander away. No thank you, dude. Everyone knows Santa's workshop is in the North Pole. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrub here, back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. And today we're going to be going over this Ask Reddit thread I found about people's scary experiences in the woods. Uh, I'm going camping pretty soon, so I figured I might as well free myself out and convince myself I'm going to be kidnapped out of my tent. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. I've posted this on another thread before, but I figured I'd share it again. Of the countless hours I've spent in the woods, it's the one time for a few seconds that I genuinely can't explain. I distance hike when I can. Sometimes this means getting up earlier, staying out late, to get as many miles in as possible. And sometimes it means walking in the pitch dark with a low light headlamp and it can get spooky. I grew up in the woods of this area. I've slept under our canopy of stars more nights than I can count. I've trekked thousands of miles of trail, riverbanks, lake shores, ridges, bottoms, bogs, and creeks. I've hunted the game, and I'm establishing this because it's important you understand that I've seen, heard, and smelt basically everything this region has to offer in the way of wilderness. My scariest experience happened about 4.30 in the morning. It was late spring, so the first morning light wouldn't be visible in the treetops for another 30 to 45 minutes. Another half hour past that sunrise, I was on mile 5. I'm in a low bottom that's wedged between two steep ridges. The trail I'm on was narrow, muddy, and completely hemmed by thick underbrush, young maple, and old oak growth. I'm focused on this small light coming from my headlamp, just one step after the other zoned out. And then I heard a loud crack, and I froze solid. This is the part that I have trouble describing. 4.30 in the springtime means I'm the only thing making noise. No birds, no chirping, nothing. Dead quiet. In mid-step, I froze, and that's when my flight-or-flight kicked in, and I started having immediate instinctual thoughts. The thought that instantly flashed in my mind as I stood there, balancing myself in the silence was, if I hear that again, I'm turning around and going back the way I came in a hurry. Why? Because that sound was not a branch breaking. It wasn't deadfall. It's not a widowmaker. I was damn sure I had just heard something intentional. Hearing it twice? Well, that meant get out of here. 
To describe it the best that I can, it sounded like a decent-sized wooden stick being violently whacked against a small tree. More a fungo bat-sized stick than a baseball bat. The distinction in my head was that this sound was a crack, not a thud or a thump, and I've described it as explosive in the past because it was so sudden and terribly loud. I had the sense that it was about 50 yards in front of me and was loud and clear. Now, as I stood there, completely scared, I realized the soon-to-be worst part of my situation. I knew where the sound came from, and I knew where the trail went. In about 30 yards, I was going to come to a 180-degree turn and start up the ridge going away from the creek. This meant as soon as I got the courage to move towards this noise, I was going to have to turn my back to it and get up the ridge. And that made me nervous. My heads are somewhere between meth fiend murderer and Bigfoot bludgeoning. Minutes passed and I just breathed my froggy breath into my glasses and was listening. There was nothing. It was dead quiet. I've got about 20-30 minutes until first light, so I cranked up the headlamp and started to slowly creep up to the 180 degree turn. When you wear a headlamp in the woods at night, every tree branch in front of you casts a big black moving shadow on the trail and it didn't help. I get to the turn and quickly make the bend, and I'm moving pretty fast at this point, trying to be quiet, taking tiny, shallow breaths so I can listen while humping it up the trail. And then I smell it. A stench hits me that I can't describe. I just imagined wet, rotten death. I've actually worked scenes where humans have expired in my past life as a firefighter, and this was like days-old decomposition, but smelled strange. I kept walking, and by the time I made it to the top of that ridge, I was huffing and puffing, and the first light was showing. I didn't stop moving until full light was out and the birds were chirping. I've heard it all in our woods, I've smelled it all, and I'm telling you I don't know what that was. Deadfall and especially leafed-out branches make a lot of noise on the way down, and I've heard it a lot. I don't know. Nah, that's a classic squatching, alright? Bigfoot was nearby. Basically, everybody knows that Bigfoot reeks of decomposition. Seriously, though, I think if I'm ever in a situation where I hear, like, a very human noise and then start to smell death, I'm just going to run as far in the other direction as humanly possible. Sure, I might end up lost, alright, but I'm not taking my chances. This dude out here was really about to throw hands with Bigfoot. No thank you. I was camping alone on the beach a few years ago, and at just after 3am, I woke up to a strange sound. Like, something was gently brushing up against the tent. The waves were pretty loud, so I wasn't too sure, but as I started to fall back asleep, I heard it again, and this time, I sat up. Suddenly, the sides of my tent were getting pushed in, and I could see the shapes of hands pushing it in on all sides. No sounds came from outside other than the ocean, and I was too terrified to say a word. I've never been that scared in my life. After a few seconds that felt like an hour, it suddenly stopped. I waited for a few minutes, then unzipped the tent and poked my head out and flicked on a flashlight. There were shoe prints all around the tent, and I figured it was some kids trying to mess with me, but damn, did they ever mess with me. See, I'm gonna be honest, I don't necessarily think this was a bunch of people messing with you, because I feel like if you're pranking somebody by messing with their tent and pushing it, you're probably gonna be, like, giggling, you know? I'm just saying, if me and my friends are ever trying to do something stupid, it's like Silent Library. We're laughing the entire time. The fact that it was pure silence while they were just messing with your tent, dude, I don't know. I think you came close to the end. I was somewhere in the middle of the White Mountains in the summer when I walked into what looked like a scene from a horror movie. A person with zero hiking, camping, or other experience had got themselves into trouble. Big trouble. 
It was around 7 a.m. when I found the campsite, and the first thing that hit me was the eerie stillness, until I noticed a shredded tent under a tree and the desperate-looking human figure covered in blood whimpering quietly. I put my bag down, grabbed my kit, and went over to the other person, and they looked like they had just lost a knife fight with four armed men. Deep slashes from one shoulder to hip, single punctures up and down the back, and hands and forearms full of what looked like defensive cuts. I patched him up the best I could, gave him water, checked my map, and hightailed it to the closest road. This was before cell phones were super prevalent and barely worked in the mountains. Thankfully, the road was close by, less than two miles, and I was able to flag someone down, and they took off while I waited for assistance to arrive. It took about an hour until rescue showed up, and I led them to the still unidentified individual. He was not very conversive when I had helped him, and I was sure he would be dead when we arrived, but was wrong. I assisted rescue, bringing him out, and took them up on the offer to head back into town and get cleaned up. After cleaning up and getting myself situated at the station, I went on my way, leaving my number to call to let me know what was up with the person we helped out. I got home three days later and there was a message on my machine and the story was the guy I found decided to go camping and heard that he had to keep food hung from a tree to keep bears away. Well, he did that, but he put it almost directly over his tent and not high enough. The night before I happened upon the site, a bear had used the tent and its occupant in an attempt to climb up the tree to get food. The guy had woken up to four black bear paws sinking into his body, shifting to reach up. The guy survived and swore to the hospital staff he was moving to the city and never going to the woods again. I mean, do you blame the dude? What do you want him to do? Pick up camping as a hobby after he got attacked by a bear? I know it was his first time and, like, it was avoidable, but still, I don't think I would be wanting to go back into the woods ever if I got attacked by a bear. Literally none. I I don't know, dude. I feel like he's kind of got the whole outside experience thing down after you survive a bear attack. I was walking a section of the Appalachian Trail with a couple buddies when we happened across a bundle of sticks. The sticks were made into a figurine kind of similar to the ones from Blair Witch Project, and it was obviously placed there by someone as it was dead center in the middle of the trail against a rock. I thought it was cool, so I grabbed it and put it in my backpack. Anyways, we finished the hike and set up for the night in our camping spot, and we were all pretty wiped out from the long day, so after dinner we retired to our tents and conked out for the night. The next morning, I was the first one awake so I got up to make coffee and what did I find? An identical bundle of sticks to the one we'd found sitting atop a pile of charred wood from the previous night's fire. The first thing I did was check my pack and sure enough the one I picked up was still there. Each of my friends swore they didn't put it there and I said the same and it was weird because we were all adamant about it not putting it there. I guess I can never be sure it wasn't one of them messing with the other two. The thing that messes with me is the bundle I found in the morning was almost an exact replica of the one we found earlier, and I find it hard to believe one of the other guys could have made such a close replica without being able to model it after the one in my pack. And it's not like either would have placed it on the one on the trail beforehand for us to stumble upon, as it was far out in the middle of nowhere. I want to believe one of them pulled a prank on the other two, because the alternative scares the crap out of me. Well, yeah, dude, I mean, listen, if you're gonna be camping in the future, there's just some ground rules, you know, I don't consider myself an outdoorsman, but if you find creepy things on the trail, you don't take it with you, oh my goodness. Did you not learn anything? Like, if you find a ventriloquist dummy at the garage sale, you don't buy it. You find a bundle of sticks in the shape of a figurine from a horror movie, you don't take it in your backpack. I was hiking across Newfoundland with an old railway that was long ago dissembled and turned into a giant trail, sleeping wherever I found myself at night. 
One day, I ran into a small cottage town, except everything was abandoned. The trailers were falling apart, bus conversions were burnt out, and the small cabins were all shuttered up. It was creepy, but interesting at the same time, and the sun was waning, so I decided to set up camp in a mostly empty lot that had an abandoned truck slowly falling into a ravine near it. I cooked up some food and crawled into my tent to sleep. I woke up in the middle of the night and heard footsteps outside my tent. At first, I thought it was an animal, but the steps sounded like someone walking. A human. The steps got closer and go around my tent, and I slowly and quietly pulled out my knife. If he tried to get in, my plan is to stab first and ask questions later. Anyone trying to get into my tent in the middle of night is looking to do some kind of harm, and at this point my heart was racing, but I'm trying to stay quiet. Luckily, the steps start moving away from the tent until I can't hear them anymore. I wait a bit to see if they'll come back, but I don't hear anything. I slowly get out of my tent and don't see anything, and without turning on my flashlight, I took down everything and stuffed it into my bag. After that, I just started walking down the trail to get out of there, and I walked until the daytime, came across a road, flagged down a truck, and the guy was nice enough to drive me to town where I got a hotel. The creepy thing, when I think back about it, is whoever was likely watched me walk into town from one of the abandoned structures. I'm guessing it was a squatter, and I'd like to think he was just curious, but I'm glad I didn't stay and wait to see if he'd be back. I have pictures of that cottage town and my campsite that night. What is up with people trying to just, like, explore other people's tents, dude? Obviously, you're up to no good, but, like, I, I don't know, man. Even if you are up to no good, it's increasingly obvious that, like, or not increasingly obvious, insanely obvious that, like, if you're walking up to my tent at night, you're clearly up to no good. And, yeah, stab first, ask questions later. I don't know, man. When you're in an abandoned town and people are sneaking around trying to sneak into where you're sleeping, that's a perfectly normal reason to be scared. Solo backpacker here. Haven't had it happen yet, but I always worry about stumbling across a pot grow. I've found abandoned ones, but never an active one, thankfully. One time, I found a completely empty gallon milk jug sitting on a rock in the middle of a creek, like an inch above the waterline, with some water splashed on surrounding rocks like somebody had just walked down the middle of the creek. The rocks were in a shallow spot, but there were two deep pools on either side, so they could have been in the water, at least up to their hips, to get away down the creek. It was creepy, because there was no sign of anyone around, and the creek had flooded the night before, but the jug was clean, whole, undented and dry, and looked brand new. It had not been in flood water. There were no tracks on the bank, and it would have been close to impossible for anyone else to have been in that narrow of a canyon without me being aware of them. I'd have seen tracks or seen them, and there was no explanation for it other than somebody had heard me coming and scampered down to the middle of the creek to avoid leaving tracks before climbing out somewhere the bank was rocky and hiding. So I left that area in a hurry. Same area, on a different trip, somebody lit my campsite up from directly above with a high-powered spotlight in the middle of the night. There was no one around, no aircraft over head and no trees big enough to hide a person. Nothing. Absolute dead silence. I would have heard branches cracking if there were anyone in the trees above me or anywhere around. I've mistaken elk for bears in the middle of the night a few times, and thankfully never had a bear in my camp, but I've had elk more than a few times. And it's always good for some heart-raising panic until you get a positive ID on a large critter bumping around camp. So there's definitely just some crazy dude living in that area, right? I mean, the jug, someone hiding from you when you're walking up, your entire campsite being lit up at night with no explanation. It sounds like there's just some dude living off-grid in the middle of the woods who wants to have absolutely no interaction with people and you keep marching through his territory, bro. 
My partner and I were deep in Mount Adams Wilderness area of Washington State. There were no other campers around and we had spent the day fishing and exploring the creek around the camp. At around 2 a.m., my partner woke me up and told me to be quiet. Our little dog is quietly growling and looking in one direction. About 15 yards north of the tent, I could hear rustling and a woman's voice speaking quietly to herself. I couldn't really make out any words. There was no light and just the voice and the walking noise. It goes quiet and then picked back up on the other side of the tent, which is deeper in the woods, and then faded off into the forest. My partner had grabbed his weapon was getting ready to confront them, but since it seemed to move on, nothing came of it, and I cannot stress enough how deep these woods are. We had explored the day before, and I had scratches from twigs and branches. It was so dense. The fact that there was someone alone wandering around talking to themselves in the middle of night without light or a camp is so freaky and I still get chills whenever I think about it. The next morning we investigated and didn't find any tracks, but there really was a haphazardly lit fire in the middle of a forest logging road about a mile up and it was still kind of warm. I know there's a small town about 10 miles south from where we were camped, so maybe it was a drunk teenager or something. We're almost touching the Yakima Indian Reservation also, and the logging roads were still actively used, but still, it was so bizarre. I, yeah, man, I just don't want to bump into the type of person that's not afraid of wandering through deep woods talking to themselves late at night with, like, no lights on, you know? I'm sure they're way, way braver than me and way better than me at the outdoors, but I don't know. There's also a solid chance that they've been outside for so long that they, like, don't know how to interact with people no more. Feral people, man, they're out there. We were in Crater Lake, Oregon, camped in the backcountry at a popular spot for deer to congregate. We didn't really mean to, and we realized it after we were set up and it was dark. Sets of eyes surrounded us for hours, just staring. They were deer, so we weren't scared, though it was a bit unsettling. We were on edge and scanning the campsite in all directions. At around midnight, I saw a set of eyes low to the ground, but not too low. They approached us in a perfectly fluid motion, with almost no bobbing of the head, and I went into cougar defense mode. I spoke loudly and confidently, with my axe raised above my head, never turning my back, standing my ground, and continued with this until the eyes stopped in their track, and eventually retreated a few year, or few yards back behind a tree. It was still watching us, and I kept talking to him, asking them to leave, and after about five minutes, they retreated from where they came, and I've never been so scared in my life. We did not sleep that night, and I believe it was a cougar possibly coming to hunt the deer, and we read later there'd been reports of a cougar at the location that was hard to scare away. Crater Lake is spooky at night. Bruh, bruh, see there's just too much in the woods, dude. A bear is gonna use my tent to jump up and grab my food, you know? A cougar is just gonna, like, have a 1v1 with me. I'm gonna have to argue it down from attacking me. Goodness gracious, alright? Maybe this wasn't the best video to make before I go camping. Still though, dude, everything else has been extremely paranormal. I at least like that this guy's is just scary animal time. I was walking with my cousins about 14 years ago when we found what looked like an old burned out house. So naturally, being kids at the time and having no sense of self-preservation, we decided to explore it. Mostly it was just full of charred wooden crap and junk, but then one of my cousins found an entrance to a cellar outside. We busted the old lock off the door and looked down. It was dark down there and we didn't really have any reason to go poking around, plus we were starting to get creeped out, so we kicked some dirt down it and walked off. When we got about 15 yards away from the house, my cousin says he heard a noise so we stopped. And there definitely was a noise, like somebody coming up the rotting cellar stairs of a house. 
We peeked back through the trees and saw a dark kind of fuzzy shape crawl out of the cellar we left open and it looked like a big old dog. And then it stood upright and we hauled out of there. We all ran off in different directions like morons, each of us convinced that whatever cellar thing was, was chasing us. I ran right through some briars in a panic and tore my arms and legs all up which got me in trouble when I got home. We were all fine otherwise but we did avoid going that far back into the woods for a long time. The closest thing I can figure is there was a small black bear living in the cellar. Maybe it had another entrance we didn't know about and we woke it up being little a-holes. But seeing something hairy and dark come out of a cellar and then stand up was like being in a horror movie and I never want to see that old house again. Alright, I do know that bears do stand up on their hind legs from time to time. However, you know, for the purpose of being entertaining here, you guys saw a werewolf, alright? That's what it was. He was trying to get some shut-eye hide from everyone. You know how they feel super guilty about the whole werewolf thing. Kind of a shameful thing. So, they went to the cellar to try to hide, and when you guys came, he's like, great, now I'm gonna get bothered, I've gotta go somewhere else and do werewolf stuff. So really, you guys just ruined his entire day, let's be honest here. Anyways, guys, I do think that's gonna do it for the video, hopefully you enjoyed. If you liked the video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, I post these pretty often. And, uh, yeah, if you really wanna help me out, I do also post them on Spotify, link down in the description, feel free to go check it out, you wanna listen offline, without gameplay, whatever floats your boat. But, uh, yeah, on that note, guys, I'm gonna go to the woods now don't get anyone pregnant if you do make sure they're hot and hopefully i will see each and every single one of you guys next time i'm out peace